that we are seeking the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah. We thank you, Adonai, as, as so many of us here, like we, we have an understanding, like, like for some reason, Lord, that you've, you've chosen us to say, you know what? The Jewish, root, the, the Jewish roots of, of this faith belong to you. Go grab it. Go, go, go search it, find it, dig for it, consume it, eat it, digest it. And for some reason, you've told everybody here to go do that. But we thank you, Adonai, that you don't have us going through Torah with an Old Testament mindset of, of trying in our own strength to be righteous. The children of Israel have done that and have failed to try to earn your favor through it. It even says in, in I, I, Isaiah 1, as we, as we start to read in the Torah portions about the sacrificial system, we see in Isaiah 1, you say, your, your sacrifices are abhorrent to me. As we celebrate festivals, it says, like your, it says your, your new moons and your festivals are, are, are abhorrent. So we, we don't seek to do these things because it makes us more righteous. Yeshua is our righteousness, and he became sin so we can be righteousness of God. So we're not in the mindset of if you do it, you're blessed. If you don't do it, you're cursed. Yeshua became a curse for us. He took the curse of the law upon himself. So all that's left is blessing. So what is the blessing when we do things, when we, we discover things, when we dig and we, and we find and we say, okay, Adonai, you're having me do this. What is the blessing in it? Because if we're not, if we're not doing it to be more like you, then we're under the system of the curse. If we're not doing it to learn more about Yeshua the Messiah, we're, un we're in, the, in, the, in, the, in the framework of the blessing and the curse. But Yeshua took the curse upon himself. So Lord, what is it that, that speaks of you in our Torah portion today? As we go through the, the, the Jewish portions of how they split it, one portion, parsha every week of the year and we follow along that same calendar that synagogues all over the world walk through what is it in this like 150th of the torah that we read this week what makes us more like you adonai what speaks of yeshua to us what what reveals him in a greater way because if we're not seeing yeshua in a greater way we shouldn't even be reading it because if we're reading it because we want to be more righteous or, it, or, or, or gain God's favor through our actions, we're reading it for the wrong reasons. So we seek the Messiah in all these things. And when we read this week's Torah portion, we realize, can we go to the next slide? So Yeshua, perfect, Yeshua the Messiah. Many of us know what the Hebrew word is for Messiah, and it is Mashiach. Mashiach is the Hebrew word for Messiah. 
And it really just means the anointed one. So in this week's Torah portion, for the first time in the Hebrew Bible, we see the word Mashiach. So we want to learn more about Mashiach. Maybe we can look in what the Torah says about Mashiach and what he does. And it's in this Torah portion. I'm so glad that this English isn't here. Maybe we need to put on the little translation things. So im if hakohen the priest hamashiach. So it's normally translated if the anointed priest, but really what it says is the priest, the Messiah, the Messiah, the priest, the Mashiach, the priest, sins. Now this is le, le ashmat ha'am. Now that's normally translated sins causing the people to sin because ha'am is the people and this is like to, it's, it's like to the guilt of, of the people. So it's, 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 it's weird what it says, where it says like if, this, if the priest sins to the guilt of the people. Okay? So it's almost like, so we see in this term, we see a connection between the priest and the people. And the sins of the priest and the sins of the people and the sins of the people and the sins of the priest. And when we realize that this prefix here, le, lamid, also means not just two, it also means four, like for you. Like down here it says, le, Adonai, two Adonai, four, le, for a sin offering. It's the same word. So if we put it in there, it says, if the Messiah priest sins for the guilt of the people. That is precisely what it says word for word. For the guilt of the people. So what does that sound like? Now we have a high priest that has never sinned. But he has become sin. So we can be the righteousness of God. So we see in the first instance of Mashiach, in fact, the only time you see the word Mashiach in Torah is in this Torah portion, in this chapter, and then the first chapter of next week, which is in the same context. So it equates the Mashiach with the priest and the role of the priest where the sins of the people are on the priest. Do you understand that? And that is the role of Mashiach. I love Judaism. I love our Jewish people. And I love the teachings of the rabbis. But I'll tell you, one thing that Judaism gets stuck in is the concept of a Messiah priest. Because if you, if you talk to Orthodox Jews, they'll talk about how the, 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 the Messiah is king. And how Messiah is going to come and he's going to ingather the children of Israel. That's true. See, we're all waiting for the same thing. He's going to ingather the people. He's going to reign as king in Jerusalem. And Judaism recognizes that. 
Judaism recognizes that. But what they don't recognize is HaKohen HaMashiach, the priestly Messiah, the one that takes the sins of the people on himself. And when he makes the sacrifice, it's the sins of the people that are being forgiven through the offering of the priest. And they don't recognize that. Now for us, it's sort of a no-brainer because it even says that Yeshua is like this one Melchizedek, Malkitzedek, Malkitzedek, king of righteousness is his name. But it says he is a priest of the Most High God. King and priest. This is why King David, when he was, when he, when he, brought the ark into Jerusalem and made this little tent. He wore the linen ephod, king and priest. Judaism does not understand the... Well, you know what they'll say? We don't need a mediator. This is what Judaism says. We don't need a mediator. All we need to do is repent and return. But that is half the story. In God's economy... You do repent and you return, but then there is a sacrifice given. And a priest, a mediator, who takes that sin and burns it all up into ash where it is no more and says you are forgiven. This is part of the economy of God. And when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, the Beit HaMikdash, that system of just a a priest in the line of Aaron disappeared and went away. And Yeshua is the mediator. It says he is the mediator of a better covenant. It says that Yeshua is the mediator. We have one God and one mediator. And this is the economy of God. There's something about the sacrificial system that we often don't realize. If I asked you what types of sins are brought forward as part of the sacrificial system, what would your answer be? Would you know? The answer is it's for unintentional sin. It says all throughout this Torah portion that if the priest sins unintentionally, did not know what he did, sinned but did not realize it, and then it, was, it, was, it came to him later, he brings forth the sacrifice. If the people sin unintentionally, Why is it unintentionally? Because in that economy, in that Torah-based system, if there's intentional sin, you just got to pay up. You know, there are certain things that it's a death penalty. There's eye for an eye. Like, you got to pay up. It's not a matter of certain sins. You go and you give your sacrifice and it's all set. But if if you sin unintentionally, if you did not know what you were doing, if you did not know you were sinning, you bring forth your offering. And it's a beautiful, in a way, system because we, we, we lose when we just repent. 
there's, there's really no cost. But with the sacrificial system, there's cost. It's like if you get a parking ticket or you get a, a speeding ticket or some sort of driving ticket, you got to pay the cost. And this is why when, when the cop pulls you over and he goes, you know what you did? That's my favorite question from the police officers. Do you know why I'm pulling you over? Because then human nature comes in. No, I don't know. I have no idea what I did. We really know we were just going 90. Do you know why I pulled you over? No. No, I don't know. I don't know. I had the same experience a couple of months ago. So I'm driving in, 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 in upstate New York somewhere. And all of a sudden, the sirens go, you know, behind me, and, and I pull over. The cop goes, you know why you were pulled over? You know why I pulled you over? And I honestly didn't know. I said, I don't know. So he said, you changed lanes without signaling. And I said, I did? Are you sure? And he read me the law. He said, you have to signal. It was very, you have, to, you have to signal at least 15 feet before you turn into a lane. And he said, you did it twice. And I was, and I was ready to argue with him. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you sure my signal's working? Go check. I'll go in the back and check the light. I'm going to turn the signal on right now. He didn't want anything to do with that. But he gave me a ticket. And I'm driving. And I'm like, this is, this is baloney. I don't do that. I'm like, and I thought about my driving habits. I'm like, do I turn without signaling and shift lanes without signaling? I'm like, I don't do that. Like, wh where is he coming from with this? I am fighting this. Not guilty. I am not guilty. There's no way I'm going to let this happen. And as I'm driving, arguing with somebody about this situation... Um, notice all of a sudden the Lord goes, look what you're doing. Because I'm like, that son of a bitch, Paul's daughter would have been really upset with me. Freaking, now this is, all of a sudden I'm like, all of a sudden I hear this little still small voice, look what you're doing. I'm like, whoa. And I was, I was doing like, oh my gosh. Maybe I did do this and didn't realize it. So now I'm finally home and it's time to fill out, to check, guilty or not guilty. And I go, not guilty, because maybe I can get away with it. So I send in the not guilty, because I don't know. I mean, yeah, just because I do it, that's not proof enough that I did it then. Yeah. So then, like a month later, they email, they mail me, and they said, "Okay, well, you're still guilty. So if you want to, you know, defend yourself, you're gonna have to come back to upstate New York and go to court." I'm like, "Ah, it's not worth the guess." So I call him up. I said, "I'm guilty." Because human nature, when you when you mess up, human nature is like, "Oh no 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 no! I didn't do that." The sin offering is when you realize, oops, I guess I did. And now I'm going to go publicly and give the offering and say, here it is. 
And the beautiful thing is, once that animal is sacrificed, it is washed away. The children of Israel bring their sacrifices to the altar of Messiah and don't walk away empty-handed. The children of Israel, us, are bringing sacrifices and not recognizing that Yeshua's offering was a whole burnt offering. Nothing of it was left. It is done. It is finished. And the children of Israel are taking it back because there's something inside of their heads saying that they're still guilty. But that is an Old Testament mindset. Who the Son sets free is free. Indeed. The children of Israel, us, are carrying burdens that Messiah carried on the cross and are still carrying it. It may be something you did. It may be something you watched. It may be something you thought. You know, if you read the, the writings of the Jewish rabbis about what types of sins were brought for the offering, the ones that were brought for the burnt offering were thought sins. Because that's something it doesn't say in the, in the Torah. Like, if you think this way, it's this. So they would have a, a thought, like a, a bad thought, a, a, you know, a, a thought that there was, because the thoughts consume the whole body. So they bring the animal for it to be fully consumed. And the children of Israel are carrying burdens that Yeshua already carried. And it is not yours to carry. 